Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Welcome along to another uh, delve, a deep delve, if you like, into the mailbag. It's one of those mm. episodes where we just get to read stuff out that's been written by you, the cunters. We sit back with our hands behind you our heads. Absolute dickheads. Wasting your time, <laughs> sending a couple of fucking strangers to a load of like your deepest, darkest, most intimate <laughs> secrets. Trying to get stories. validation. Get validation yeah. from a couple of strangers on the internet. We fucking insult most of them. Anyway. It's a good job we're not nonces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. all these people trying Why'd to get validation from us. Oh, it's us. a good job we're not. Yeah, for loads of reasons, it's a good job yeah, we're well. not nonces. I mean, you know, where, where do you start? There's a long list of reasons why it's good. <laughs> um, There's no reasons at all why it's bad. That we're not nonsense. I've, to- I've told you the Jimmy Savile story, haven't I? About my day at Jimmy Savile's house. You, you have. I don't know if you've told... Have you told it on this podcast? I don't know, but it's... The reason it's in my mind, partly because you just said nonce, and he obviously is the worst nonce. Well, not the yeah. worst. I don't know. He's a bad nonce, let's say, let's say that nonce. much. And And, uh, and a pic- I was looking through old pictures on the laptop, historical pictures, mm. And there's a picture of me with Jimmy Savile <laughs> from about the pictures. year 2008, I think it is. Two, no, 2007. Yeah. And it's me and Savile. And I showed it to my wife and I went, oh, look, here's one of those Savile pics. I wonder if I should put that on. She went, no. No, you're not putting that anywhere. Because <laughs> what happened. I think you did this. I think you've mentioned this on the podcast and then posted the pic. No, I didn't post the picture. I think I? you did because you wrote, wrote a piece of the Guardian, didn't you? I think you you, you sent the link out to the piece you did for the yeah, Guardian. Yeah, so the piece that's all right. Yeah, basically I've told it before, but okay, yeah, I have told it before. I spent the day with Jimmy Savile. I didn't know he was a nonce. No one did. I had a load of photos taken with him. The photos <laughs> went online. Then he was outed as a nonce. Then people started finding the photos of me larking about with him like he was just good old Uncle Jim. And writing into Sky News going, why have you got this bloke on Sky News? He's a nonce enabler or whatever, something like that. apologist. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't fucking know. No one knew. If you can no, have a no, go at no me, no. if you're going to have a go at me, go and have a go. There's other people fucking further up the line than me, like Michael Grade and mm. Samarma Duke Hussey. Yeah. They've got a podcast now, apparently. Have they? Hussey and Grid, yeah. It's a bit like this Top, one. What's it called? Top Flight Nonce Machine. Top Flight Telemachine. Where they go back, they go back through all the fucking nonces they gave jobs to yeah. in the, between the 60s and the 90s. <laughs> and express deep regret. <laughs> yeah. Here's another great... It's a bit like Top of the Pops 2, 
mixed with Top Flight Time Machine. Here's another nonce, this time from 1976, a man that I'm ashamed to say I gave a five-year contract to. Stuart Hall. <laughs> it's the hairy cornflake himself. Yeah. Uh, different times. Different times. We're not making light of the noncery. No, no. What we are saying is, come on, the BBC, you know, hold your hands up and yeah. admit once and for all that you are worse than me and Andy. Yeah, for once. Shall yeah. we get into the mailbag? Yeah. Um, should we start with some unexpected tits? That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, why not? You, you've, you've checked this, I've, have you? I've vetted it. It's all right, yeah. yeah. These it's are the most r- problematic of all of them, aren't they? Yeah, I always vet these first. Because for my own pleasure and amusement as much as anything else. <laughs> for my, to fire my own imagination. It's from um, Shawnee O'Keefe. He says, many years ago working as a chef in Dublin, it was an extremely busy evening. But just at the only time I had the opportunity to look out of the hatch, right in my view was a rather attractive lady. Best described as top heavy, wearing a very tight low cut top. So far, so unexpected. Uh, that was the exact moment she chose to lean back and yawn, upon which her tits mm. popped out. No way. He says, after that, it all went into slow motion. She was horrified, but in what could only have taken a second or two, she popped them back in, looked round and realised no one had copped it, except me and another chef. She looked up at us and winked. What a legend. No. No. <laughs> I don't believe that. I think that bit no, is made I up. I think this. that bit is a false memory. No, I believe it. At that point, I, she winked, giggled, yeah. and this strange noise of boing, <laughs> and and then a whistle, yeah, <laughs> like a like a a, a, a kettle, an old fashioned kettle boiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, carry on, no, Dublin that's, uh, that's a what a nice experience for him. It's one of those stories where this is what the the, the theory I've got with rumours and showbiz rumours. I'll believe a rumour if I like it, not based on whether yeah. it's got any plausibility to it. If I want like, it to be true, I'll believe it. Like that one years ago, um, I heard, I can't remember where I heard it, but that John Travolta was having a homosexual affair with the world's leading John Travolta impersonator. <laughs> I've not heard that one, but I'm choosing to believe it. I've heard it a couple of times, and it, like, there's no way I'm not going to believe that. I will defend that rumour <laughs> yeah. with my dying breath. Yeah. Good uh, for him. Yeah. If indeed uh, yeah, it is true. Br- br- just awesome. If I was him, I, I wouldn't keep it under wraps. I would proudly turn up at big events and parties yeah. arm in arm with my own yeah. lookalike, and I'd give it the fingers. I'd be on the red carpet at the Oscars going to them all, giving them the Vs. Yeah, that's right. I'm coming that's out. That's right. You're... You're fucking seeing it, right? I'm, I'm going bumming myself. me own lookalike, aren't I? Deal with it. <laughs> you would if you could, dickheads. <laughs> you just can't afford it. <laughs> Wankers. <laughs> Up yours, haters. Um, you know, I was talking about oh, Camp Beaumont stuff. last week, about my experiences yeah. at Camp Beaumont in the 80s. Yeah. Uh Someone's got in touch saying that they went to Camp Beaumont as well. 
God. I just wanted to confirm Sam's claims that Camp Beaumont was a bit of a mini fight club. Back in the summer of 96, my mum sent me to Camp Beaumont at Brentwood School, same one I went to, yeah, for a week or something. I went there in a bad mood every day because all my mates that summer went to Soccer Made Easy Camp at Brentwood County High, and I had to do painting and archery with dickheads. <laughs> 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 uh, why didn't he get to go to Soccer Made Easy Camp? Soccer Made Easy. Maybe God. it was, you can't make soccer easy. Well, no. some players do make it look easy, don't they? But yeah. they're the very best ones. They're going to teach anyway, a bunch of 10-year-olds in the summer holders. Every day I went, I wore the same top, my purple Spurs away kit. On the first day, one of the supervisors, who I remember being a massive show-off prick, <laughs> tried mugging me off for being a Spurs fan, to which I called him a knob, and he gave me the finger. Then he gave me a shove in the back, and that was that for the day. Got off lightly in comparison to me. Yeah, you got punched, didn't you? I got punched. I got punched over. Each day. (laughs) Each day that followed him and a few other supervisors would give me digs to the body. Oh, and push me to the floor. Classic 90s bullying stuff. What do you mean 90s bullying stuff? It's timeless bullying, that. Yeah, that's just bullying. It wasn't like particular. To, it wasn't peculiar it wasn't to the 90s. It wasn't like, yeah, because it was invented by um, Blur and Supergrass. <laughs> it's what the Newcastle team under Kevin Keegan used to do. There was, bullying, to- yeah. Tony Blair and the new Labour movement introduced it. <laughs> there is nothing quintessentially 90s about digs to the body and pushing over. That it still was, goes on today. It was bullying like that that caused Kirk and Bint to blow his own head off. <laughs> uh, 90s just, bullying a 90s bullying I'd just get up 90s bullying be like pinning someone down doing a dentist chair on them but with hooch <laughs> anyway I'd just get up and walk off really trying not to cry and heading off to dodgeball or something equally as shit oh I think I've inspired this bloke to really open up about mm. some of the p- painful memories of childhood I think I did that. Well done, me. The final day was so fucking good, though. I got my revenge. I was going swimming with girls. Jackpot. The joy was short-lived because the dickhead supervisor was looking after us, and I just knew he was going to start trying to mug me off in front of the girls. As predicted, five minutes into swimming uh, trip, him and one of his uh, sidekicks had me by the calves. (laughs) And his... It had got me by the calves. Oh, listen, sunshine, one, one more word out of you and I'll have you by the calves. <laughs> 90s style. And, and two other mates had me by the shoulders. And then they dunked me over and over in the water. Oh, it's so 90s. Yeah. I was panicked and half embarrassed. Only half embarrassed. Mm. Maybe skin. more embarrassed because I was being bullied in front of girls. 90s style. 90s style bullying in front of girls isn't it Backstreet Boys bullying yeah bullying you in front of On Vogue (laughs) that'd be the worst that I'd I'd be be fully embarrassed by that that's the sort of thing I'd have nightmares about (laughs) they wouldn't be singing what a man what a man at you would they if they saw you getting pushed about in the the swimming baths dragged over by the calves yeah what a wimp what a wimp what a wimp (laughs) Uh, I managed to wriggle my shoulders free. Just as my shoulder came free, I lunged forward and nutted the supervisor who was holding my ankles right bang on the hooter. Nice one. 
claret filling up the pool. Whoa. I think this correspondent might be a cockney. Word of warning. <laughs> He's used the word claret there. Well, he did go to the same Brentwood uh, camp as you did, so probably. Yeah, there, yeah. well, there's a lot of... It's in Essex, so there might have been a lot of that kind of chat. He ended up sat on the side of the pool, facing the air, surrounded by piles of bloody tissue. He, he looked so fucking angry to the point that if he weren't doing the job, it'd have bashed my head in. At that point, I shat it, though. I thought I was going to prison or something. <laughs> I hereby sentence you for the crime of 90s bullying defence <laughs> of sticking the nut on someone, 90s style, to four no, years in an authority figure. <laughs> in a swimming pool. Uh, the supervisor had to go to a medical room. I got changed and walked home, still damp. I, when asked why I was home early by my mum, I said they'd just sent us all home early. The top honchos at Camp Beaumont called my mum and explained what happened. She was fucked off at me. But my dad was chuffed to bits. Well, hey. son. <laughs> you what? <laughs> he dunked you in front of birds. I hope you stuck the nut on him. <laughs> of course I did, Dad. <laughs> fucking good, good lad. Fucking student. Fucking yeah. student cunt. Sounds like a fucking punts. Yeah, I've got a mind to go down and cut him open. Yeah, but instead, instead I'm gonna buy you a, a, a I'm gonna buy you a four pack of Stella Artois, even though you're only twelve. That's what my mum did to me. I got mugged at the tube station. I was right. going, I was going to the shops with my mate, and we got mugged by a gang of kids. I'm calling it a gang. Let's just say there was more of them than us. All right, there's three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were like they honestly mate they were fucking they didn't fuck around there was, it wasn't intimidation they were I, if anything I was mugged a few times when I was a, a kid and this is easily the the best mugging in terms of technique right because we were walking up the stairs of this empty tube station and they came around the corner and they clapped eyes on us. And I saw them look around, see if anyone else was around. They were much bigger and they were pretty scary. And they did not hesitate. They didn't do any kind of intimidation. They charged down the steps. They grabbed us and they started like sort of beating us up effectively Fuck. straight away and went through our pockets. And then they took the money and my mate shouted after them. They were much older than us. I'm not just saying that to justify the fact that they beat us up. But they were because they were really scary. Like my mate tried to shout out to him because ah, he had 20 quid on him. because He was supposed to be buying a pair of trainers and it right. was like probably 1990. So you could get a pair for 20 quid. And his dad, his dad had given him 20 quid and he shouted as we lay on the floor. And he had like a bleeding nose. He shouted, yeah. That 20 quid was meant for my new trainers. <laughs> As if, like, they were going to go, oh, oh, oh sorry, hang Rich. on a minute. Seriously. Oh, sorry. I thought it was just like a little bit of, like, walking around money. But if you had to yeah. get a pair of shoes, far be it from me to deprive you of those. Anyway, this bloke, as they walked up, they sort of walked hurriedly away. They didn't run off. He just turned around and just went, fuck your trainers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. These people are monsters. <laughs> they mean business. <laughs> they really busy. Don't say anything more. <laughs> they might come back and kill us. Oh, I thought anyway, it was, it was a, just it, your this and that money. You can have it, it back. Was a, yeah, it was a good mugging because they didn't fuck around. They just beat us up, went yeah. for our pockets, took our money and fucked off. 
There was no intimidation where they kind of came up and kind of told you what they were going to do to you and prepared you no. for it. When I was younger, I got mugged by kids and they'd, they'd get you, they'd outnumber you, and then they'd go like, what have you got? You better fucking give us money. Or they'd pull a knife out and go, oh, I'm fucking going to stab you or whatever. Yeah. And then you just have to end up going, all right, fuck off, here's some money. Go yeah. away. What could then you do? Then once they got quite far away, you'd shout threats about how you were going to get your brothers and some other hard mates to come yeah. and we were all going to get them. But then you'd fucking peg it the other way. But Just in this case, there was none of that. There was there was none of that um, choreography. It was just no. a beating, silent for the most part. It was take the money, <laughs> go. And it wasn't, I, it wasn't balletic like a John Woo film. It wasn't. <laughs> it was just, I was almost like rushed you. No, no, more. It was more like a um, more like great dialogue. Like uh, who's the guy who wrote like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and all of those films? David Mamet. Yeah. Like the other muggings I'd had Wise were more cracking. like David David Mamet plays <laughs> with very like quick fire exchange of dialogue, yeah. high in drama and pathos. Yeah, this was more like silent but deadly. <laughs> this was more like Kubrick or something like that. To be honest, this was a Kubrick mugging. Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, and it also the empty tube station had the era of like the Shining. Or yeah, something very evocative. Like yeah, I mean, looking back, I don't know. Maybe they were ghosts. Probably. So all in they all, they could have been ghosts. All in all, mixed emotions about it all. Mixed emotions about the whole thing. Because as they left, even though my mate was shouting, "Oi, that was for betrayers!" I was sort of like, "I doff my hat to you, sirs. That <laughs> yeah. was the best mugging I have been victim of all year. <laughs> A textbook mugging." <laughs> Yeah. Nine out of ten. Jalapeño. Hello, this is George Weah, the former footballer of the year. And I have a tremendous opportunity for you if you are a fan of Top Flight Time Machine's comedy stylings. <laughs> Do you have a pen? Listen to this. For only approximately three pounds plus value added tax per month, you can enjoy bonus episodes of Top Flight Time Machine focusing on the life and times of Roy Keane, the footballer who was not as good as I. You will get advanced episodes of the Kevin Keegan Odyssey. I do not know who that is. <laughs> I assume he was also not as good as I. All it costs you is £3 plus VAT per month. And you also get all of the regular Top Flight Time Machine episodes with no adverts in at all. Adverts such as this one. <laughs> Where do you go to get this tremendous service? Just go to patreon.com slash Top Flight Time Machine or follow the instructions at the Top Flight Time Machine Twitter account. TF Time Machine. How can you possibly go wrong? Here's a clue. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe or perish. Jalapeño. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. And he said anyway. you got some cans of Stella. You mentioned cans oh, of Stella. Oh, yeah, that's how it got back. So then I got back. And I was really upset by the experience because you would be, you know, some much bigger lads are basically beating you mm. up and nicked your money. And I came back and I was really upset. And my brother Dom was at home and I told him and I was wanting him, you know, he's eight years older than me and, you know, he, he actually quite liked fighting. And I thought he'd, he was with a couple of his mates and I thought he'd go, right, come on, we're going out in the car and we'll find him. I sort of half hope for that to happen. And he went... He had a right go at me. He went, yeah, fucking pathetic. <laughs> what you, would you get mugged for? And I go, well, fuck, there was fucking three of them. They just jumped on us and beat us up. <laughs> Look, my clothes are all torn. He's got a fucking bloody nose. I've got, got bruises. And he went, yeah, it's fucking pathetic. I would have never got mugged when I was your age, out and about. And I went, what are you fucking talking about? I said, I'd like to see you stand up to three blokes when you're my age or anyone's age. And he went, that's why you've got to start carrying a knife with you. And God. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. That's how it sake. starts. It's all fucking bollocks. Anyway, I bet he never carried a knife. That's he just how we're in the mess we're in now, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Thanks to him. Escalation. So he just made it worse. And I said, whatever you do, don't tell mum. Because I knew it would upset mum. And uh, she came in. She knew something was up. Because I looked like a man who'd just uh, taken Mugged. a bit of a beating up the tube station. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, so then I didn't I'd said don't fucking tell her there's no point worrying her she'll be worried every time I go out um, now what what was I 15 I would have been maybe 14 and uh, anyway next thing I know she's gone out to the shops when she's come back she's walked into the front room <laughs> don't know what I was watching maybe it was Grandstand who knows and she's just put a four pack <laughs> of Stella Artois on the coffee table in front of me and I went, who's this one? She went, that's for you. And she gave me a little wink as if to say, it's all right, I know, but I'm not going to make a deal. But here's some strong continental lager to make you feel better. <laughs> was she trying to get you to, get you angry so you'd go out and sort of seek revenge? I think it, she thought that was the... She correctly worked out that that was the best treat at that age that yeah. I could have hoped for. Because you spend all your time when you're 14 trying to work out ways of buying lager, don't yeah. you? You're like... The whole time trying to get someone older than you or get your oldest looking mate or nick it or find a really unscrupulous local shop owner. Sometimes travel three postcodes to a shop, <laughs> a legend a legendary convenience store yeah, where you know anyone. the man the man is willing to sell booze to anyone, even toddlers. Yeah. And so you you're spending so much time trying to get your hands on lager and I think she thought, he's really down in the mouth, I'll get him a four pack of Stella. And me and my mate drunken both. And then, look, years later, I was an alcoholic. 
So well, that's probably what triggered it. To, yeah. This is back to Dan, who sent the email. I was not a tough kid, and the headbutt was mostly luck. But once September came round and we all went back to school, word got around that I nutted and broke the nose of a sixth former from another school. I, da- I dined out on that for literally 10 years. And I never, <laughs> I never went back to Camp Beaumont. Thank you for the laughs, Dan. Well done, Dan. Good email, yeah, right? Good stuff. Keep the Camp Beaumont's coming in. Here's a Strayman one from Matt. Now, uh, right. Matt, he's, he's kind of written his life story a little bit, so I'll miss out quite a bit of the beginning stuff. But basically, mm-hmm. Matt was very young. He'd left school, and he got a job in a warehouse. Uh, he says, at the start of December, the office workers in the warehouse were planning the Christmas night out, decided they would all mm. go bowling, then hit the town after. Um, I still had a kid's belly when it came to eel, whereas the men I was working with had hollow legs. Mm. So uh, anyway, he put his name down for it and decided to go. And he says, it was a Saturday night. So on the morning, he went into town to buy some new clubber. Again, unnecessary, really. Uh, then later on, Matt met one of the lads early for a quick half over the road next to the bowling alley. He bought me a pint and down his in a couple of minutes. I thought I should be keeping up, so tried to go along with it. After two pints, we headed over to the bowling alley where the older men were already on pitches. Again, I thought I should do the same. After an hour or so, it became apparent I couldn't handle what I was drinking and became one of those annoying drunks that talk shit for no reason. Th- then that's I just, all drunks. Yeah, oh. all drunks. <laughs> then I decided to leave. I was later informed this was about seven in the evening, roughly two hours after I'd left home. It was pissing it down, and even though I didn't have a coat, I started to walk in what I thought was the way home. But the drink had impaired my direction skills, and I ended up walking the wrong way and into a development of partially built new houses. I got <laughs> lost in there and started to panic. I tried to climb a metal fence as I thought I was trapped and managed to catch my shirt on the top, causing it to rip off me. I was in oh, a right no. state at this time, so legged yeah. up a road again towards where I thought was home. The streetlights <laughs> gradually fell away and the light dimmed to the point where it was pitch black and I was in the countryside. Stray. Quite, quite poet. Does he write the line? Has he given us the line at he doesn't, any point? hasn't given us the line, no. He hasn't given us... Uh, I this think would he be the perfect this before. juncture, but... I was now a stray man. I was now a stray man. I think he'd written this before we introduced that line, though. Uh, he says, I don't know how I got there, but I ended up in a field with the rain still pouring and the ground very boggy. The more I tried to walk, the worse it was, to the point where the bowling shoes, I had failed to return them and get my new trainers back, I had on, came off my feet and stuck in the mud. I tried to pull them out, but they wouldn't move. Again, I was panicking, so I just tried to continue walking. My jeans were heavy with water and mud and were falling down. I was trying to pull them up, but they were hindering my progress, so I took them off and chucked them into the wilderness. I was now in the middle of nowhere with only my boxers and one sock on, stood in a field in the pitch black and soaking wet through in the middle of winter. I thought it couldn't get any worse. I was wrong. It turns out I was on a cattle farm and I soon came across a herd of cows that were less than impressed to see me. I felt they were staring at me in a threatening manner so again I tried (laughs) to run whilst becoming very hysterical. I I found a small wire fence probably two foot high so tried to jump over it only to realise it was electrified to keep the cattle in. I ran up the side of the fence and there just around the corner and over the gate was a farmhouse with its lights on. I climbed the gate and ran towards the house knocking on the door. An old farmer came to the window, his face amazed at what stood before him. He shouted through the door, What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Having sobered up by this time due to the traumatic events, I went through my big night with him. He told me to wait there and he went away. Five minutes later, blue lights were flashing and the police had turned up. (laughs) <laughs> they took one look at me, laughed, and chucked me in the back of a police van where I was taken to the local hospital. I was treated as a freak when I arrived, put in an isolation room. And <laughs> put told him in the t- freak cell. Yeah. <laughs> put in an isolation room and told to take a shower while they rang my parents. 
It was 10 in the evening. <laughs> Excellent. I was 13 <laughs> miles from home. <laughs> uh, half an hour on the roads with my dad was a silent journey. To this day, my dad likes to remind everyone of this story every Christmas. I also never went back to my job at the warehouse. Yeah, that reminds me a bit of that Kieran Dyer story about when he had to get bailed out by Graham Souness. And Graham yeah. Souness came and picked him up from jail. And then when he dropped him home, just went, if you do that again, I'll beat you up. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a really good story. And I like the fact it was 10 o'clock. And I think yeah. that I would like to find amongst the cunters the earliest anyone's ever gone yeah. straight. That's an early evening straight. And it's, it's all done and dusted within the early evening. It's not an overnight straight, is it? Because... I've had daytime piss-ups when I was younger, especially, where you've gone out at lunchtime and you've got big plans for an all-dayer, like a session. Yeah. But you're way too young to be thinking about sessions in a way because you're not qualified. You haven't got the training. So yeah. going, yeah, we're all going out for a session, aren't we? It's going to be an all-dayer. It's going to be a bender. And then I've gone straight in broad daylight in the middle of the afternoon. And then people think you're mad. Because yeah. after dark, people are used to their brace to see someone yeah. who's all pissed up, stumbling about, lost, being a weirdo. But in the middle of the day... You don't want it, do you? They brought the Oktoberfest over once to... Learn, I mean, that, I think they do it now all the time. But in the early 90s, they brought it over to Battersea Park. And one of my brothers was listening, was living opposite Battersea Park. And he said to me and my mate, oh, if you want to come over, we'll go to that um, Oktoberfest thing. Mm. And it was its first year trying it in London. And we were like, fuck, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's going to be fucking mental. We're bragging to all our mates, you know. And we were like, we're going down there at midday when it opens. And it was a Friday because I remember saying to some of our mates who worked, we weren't working, we were students. Yeah, you were, we'll be there from midday. But once you knock off work, you can meet us down there because we'll be going the full day right through to the evening. I'm there's not joking, nothing, Andy. There's nothing anyone likes more than joining in with some drinkers when they've been out for five yeah, hours, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, Fuck yeah, just up. join in. <laughs> then we'll already be revved up and really erudite and amusing. <laughs> we got there and they were selling these pint, gla these glasses. They weren't pints. They were like each glass was two and a half pint, the size of two and a half Ooh. pints. You know, those big, silly German glasses, right? Yeah. And the, the beer was 10% Fuck. volume, right? Jesus. So effectively, what that was, was, what's that? That's like five pints it's five pints basically in one glass. In one glass. So we drank one and then we drank another and it was we'd only been there one hour and I walked out of the tent and threw up and then stumbled around Battersea Park stray for about an hour, even though like my brother's flat was like a minute away, but I went yeah. the wrong way around the park, got back to his flat, went inside for up again, and then went to bed. And just fell asleep and woke up at about nine in the evening. <laughs> but if any, I mean, that wasn't full stray. I was just a bit stray in a part. If anyone's gone full stray really early, like in yeah. the morning, I want to hear it. I, I mean, if I'm driving around at sort of tea time and I see someone walking about who's clearly pissed, I've got nothing but admiration for them. Yeah. Because they've, they've stepped they're living out of life society's on their own terms. rules. They're living life on their own terms. Yeah. They're expressing their personal freedom. I'd never stop, stop and give them a lift home or anything, but I've got a lot of admiration for them. You'd ruin it if you did, because yeah. they're reveling in the strayness of it all. It's they like don't need any... Nature documentaries where they're watching a, a lion killing a gazelle. They could intervene if they want. Don't intervene. No. 
You should never interfere with nature. No. And, uh, there is nothing more natural than a man <laughs> stray. Pissed at tea time. Pissed at tea time, wandering around the streets of Sunderland. You could not <laughs> see anything more natural than that. Uh, <laughs> and all you need to do is, by all means, pull over at a safe distance. Yeah. Make sure you maintain a safe distance. Sit back and just breathe in the majesty of it. Observe. Yeah. Yeah, just breathe in the majesty and think, this is what they mean when they talk about mindfulness, right? Yeah. <laughs> Watching, taking the time to notice and absorb and appreciate the beauty and wonder that surrounds us. Get your phone out, put it on Facebook Live, you know? Definitely. Share it with yeah, everyone. Definitely want to do that, yeah. Have you got another one there before we go? Uh, okay, let's do Stray Man Story from a Woman. Oh, fucking hell. There's a female I've regular read that listener. One. It's, actually about, it's about a man. I want to assure you, I'm not alienated by sex fail stories. In fact, the wanking stories are probably my favourites. Get <laughs> <laughs> out. Well, that's very frank of you, Gina. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have an embarrassing wanking story myself, but I thought you might like to hear about the time my boyfriend became a stray man. He regularly meets up with two old school friends in Cambridge, uh, which is 55 miles away from where we live, and they all spend the whole day getting pissed and thinking they can handle it like they could when they are in their 20s. During these meetings, my boyfriend regularly misses his train home, but would always end up forking out for a taxi home to prevent him becoming stray. 55-mile <laughs> taxi. Fucking hell. Beat that, cunters. I had some mates of mine had to get a taxi back from Birmingham a few years back after a away game, but I'm sure the cunters can do better than that for good, like, long, desperate taxi journeys. Gee, yeah. On one occasion, he got so wankered that he made his way to a train station, boarded a train, fell asleep, woke up again and realised he was on the wrong train. Panicking, he got off, only to realise he'd missed the last train home while he'd been asleep. No problem, he thought. I'll just spend £90 on a taxi home, like I've done in the past. Yeah, easy. On- of course. Only this time, in his pissed-up state, he'd decided to ignore an earlier text from Nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would, wouldn't you? If you're out in a piss, you're not going to fucking go, hang on, lads, hang on, hang on. Oh! What's this? Nationwide have texted me. (laughs) Hang on. Hold that thought. I've got to read what they're saying. The old reason, (laughs) almost the main reason you drink is to forget about Nationwide. That's why we drink, to forget about what the bank are trying to say. (laughs) Right. Uh, Nationwide telling him that they thought his card may have been used fraudulently (laughs) because of so... Because of so many contactless payments he'd made <laughs> buying rounds. <laughs> when he tried to withdraw money from Cashpoint, his card was declined. He ha- he now had no option but to go straight. He had become straight. We should do that as a little sting sound effect. <laughs> yeah. I was now a straight man. <laughs> Wandering the streets of Cambridge as a stray, he managed to buy a drink and a sandwich from an open all hours shop with the change he had left in his wallet. But he had, can I have a drink and a sandwich, please? <laughs> I've got £3.18. pence. What can I but get ended, for that? He ended, <laughs> he ended up giving the drink away to some pissed bird. Whoa. A stray woman, I think. Wow, Gina, you're very understanding because that 
I don't know. Some women wouldn't like him line. giving away. There's a line drink. there, isn't there? Mm. Somehow, he also managed to rip a hole in his coat and smash the back of his phone. Being a stray man can be hazardous. Well, don't we know it? Eventually, he spotted a youth hostel as a potential sleeping point, thinking he might Brilliant. be able to get away with being a youth aged 32. They let him <laughs> in. And th- this is like that other one where that bloke pretended to be a kid to the dad. <laughs> yeah. They let him in. Hello, I am a youth. Can I sleep in this youth hostel? Are you sure you're a youth? That looks like male pattern baldness. Yes, I am going prematurely bald. I'm quite sensitive about it, actually. It's a source of much anyway, concern. Anyway, please let me sleep in this youth hostel. It's why I drink. <laughs> that in the bank. They let him in and thankfully didn't ask for payment up front. He was led to a room of bunk beds full of what I can only imagine were other stray men. A stray man holding pen, perhaps. He told me he slept in his clothes for about four hours whilst clutching his smashed up phone close to it. <laughs> in case another stray man nicked it. Anyway, he it's made it the home on the first... The youth he made it home on the first train in the morning, threw up in front of our house, and then bollocked nationwide on the phone. <laughs> Still pissed. Right. You, maybe you ought to go to bed, darling. No! I've got to call Nationwide first. First things first. I'm going to those fucking cunts. This is all their fault. Uh, for forcing him to go straight. Hello. What service did you require? This is Nationwide. Put me through to stray services. Stray department. Stray complaints. We're, we're just putting you through. Hello. There, we are experiencing an unexpectedly high amount of traffic on this stray line at the moment. <laughs> We value your customer and appreciate your patience. Ah, fuck (laughs) hell. It's typical, isn't it? Sunday morning, all the stray men are on the blower trying to fix what happened last night. I don't care. I'll wait. I'll put it on hands-free and I'll cook myself an egg while I'm waiting. (laughs) They won't get rid of me that easy. (laughs) Hello, is that the stray line? Yeah, I'd like to make a complaint about going stray. (laughs) <laughs> I think you'll find, sir, that we texted you and have fulfilled uh, all of our to, legal to obligations. To warn you, you are about to go, dear valued customer. We're, our records show that you may be at risk of going stray within the next forty minutes. <laughs> Please call your life partner or mum. Uh, he has vowed never ever to be a stray man again. Wow. Well, you can't say that, can you? Lots of love from your number one lady cunter, Gina. Oh, well, we'll be the judge of that, I think. Yeah. If you're a, a, a more of a lady cunter than Gina, <laughs> get in touch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for this one. I'm going to leave you with a very short bit of bullshit from Mikey. He says, got a bullshit story from a bloke who works at my local. He claims that he stopped gang violence in Wolverhampton by introducing <laughs> breakdancing. <laughs> that's from a film oh what and then did they stop some evil property developers yeah. knocking down the youth centre yeah. to turn it into offices <laughs> or a shopping mall and they dance their way to glory <laughs> right that's it we'll be back tomorrow with another Keegan episode thanks for listening yeah. as ever ta-da keep it cunty bye
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.